Hi everybody, this is Jonna Alexander, and I'm here with Alyssa Wood. Hello. Larry Walker. And I'm really excited y'all are here. Hey, as I told you when we first sat down. This is the first of what's gonna be a series of Liberty Church of the River Words hosted podcasts about kids and faith. Families and faith, but but really the emphasis is gonna be on kids. Of course, it's gonna involve those who care for kids, those who are supporting kids. Um, uh, but we needed some way to have longer form conversations about questions uh, that people have as they're uh, raising their kids in the Christian faith, caring for kids in a church setting. Uh, we need to talk. And it's hard to get sometimes busy families all together in the same room to have the kind of long form conversations that frankly we feel like we need to have. So welcome to the very first, uh, hopefully exciting episode of Kids and Faith. So, Larry, Alyssa, me, congratulations to us. It's not gonna be us every time. There's gonna be a different assortment. And I'd say, we're gonna lean into some experts for different episodes. And just to give uh, give you some ideas of where we're gonna go, um, you listeners that are out there chomping at the bit and just wondering if this is worth another 90 seconds, um, at some point in other episodes, we're gonna talk about things like kids and technology. When do you get your kid a phone? Asked every parent ever since the year 2000. Um, should I ever, you know, and how, and, and what should they be on and what kind? Gotta talk about, but technology more broadly, kids on the internet, like, um, I know my kid is getting invited over to a lot of sleepovers. How do you navigate that and like want to be safe? And um, the things you want to be thinking about as you send kids into different environments or, or send them to walk, you know, half a mile through the city to their friend's house. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to be talking about kids and a school. Uh, different ages, you know, in the city, there are a lot of different schools you might apply to. Your neighborhood school, we're going to talk to people who have sent their, their kids to different kinds of schools in the city. Um, Deb and Jose Carrera, I just talked to, and they're excited to join us because they have sent their kids to lots of Christian schools, public schools, uh, schools far away, schools very close to their home in different neighborhoods, and their kids are very different from one another. I know there's a lot of families interested in that. Um, how to lead your kids to faith in Christ, how to do devotions as a family, and we hope that you will you uh, listeners, you interested listeners, will respond with other ideas. So that's where we're going to go. I don't know exactly how many episodes it's going to be. It's going to be at least seven or eight. It might be a lot more than that. But for today, what are we going to do today? Today, we basically want to talk uh, the foundations of everything else we're going to do on this podcast. And so I want to give you three reasons why, really, foundational reasons, bottom line reasons why... We need to talk about the things we're going to talk about, whether it's over a podcast or in person over a cup of coffee. Here are the three reasons. The first one is encouragement. If you're a parent, if you are a grandparent, if you're a big brother, big sister, Sunday school teacher, just good neighbor, if you're in a kid's life and you have some role in their life helping them grow up, you need encouragement. Um, and a lot of you just need to know whether you're a mom and dad uh, a family, or if you're a single parent raising kids by yourself, um, you need to know that if God's called you to this, you're enough. You don't have to be super dad. 
super mom. This is not going to be a podcast where you just hear all the ways you're not enough. We need to encourage you. I need to be encouraged. Maybe that's me just being needy there, leading with that one. I know I need it. You're enough if God's called you, Mm -hmm. except for one way that you're not enough. And that's what we're going to talk about in a minute. But hold on, folks. I'm not done to three things yet. First one's encouragement. You're enough, except for the key way that you're not. Cliff, that's what you call a cliffhanger. Yeah. So that's the point. You can't wait. Thank you. That's the first one's encouragement. The second one is instruction. So encouragement, instruction. Um, There are resources we need. We already got into this a little bit. There are people we need to talk to, and there's stuff that we each just don't know. You're the parent of a five-year-old, a 10-year-old. Great. What do you know about teenagers? You don't really, unless you're really around a lot of them all the time. Mm -hmm. All of us need instruction on something. Encouragement, instruction. Here's the third one, and this is my favorite. favorite. Um, Shaming. We're here to shame you. I'm kidding. See, if you were listening closely, you would have screamed what? Back at your speaker. No. Um, not shaming you. We're not going to shame anybody because frankly, if you feel a lot of shame, you're probably going to pass that right on to the little people in your life. Mm-hmm. Actually, we're going to fight shame with everything we've got. <clears throat> what we do need to do though is foster a certain level of conviction. Why? Because there's stuff we got to do. If this calling is hard, we need encouragement and instruction. We also need a little bit of a godly push, not shaming, but we need to say, hey guys, And gals, this is really important and let's not act like, um, let's not act like it's not. Mm -hmm. Let's not act like these aren't conversations we need. Let's not act like these kids shouldn't be uh, brought into our prayer lives, you know, day in and day out. Um, So no shaming here, but there is going to be some, hey folks, if we can do it, if the spirit of God is equipping us to do it, if he's instructing us to do it, Let's actually go do it. And so I don't mind inviting a certain level of conviction. And hopefully, I mean, I need it as much as the next person, as much as the next parent. A little bit of godly conviction that this is a holy task that God has set before us. So encouragement, instruction, and conviction. Larry, what's your favorite? Oh, gosh. Um, Probably conviction. Really? Yeah. You just love shaming people. You said there's no shaming. Okay, that's what you said. <laughs> just making sure you're listening. Okay. So let's do this. Let's do this. So um, the cliffhanger dun, 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 that I threw out there was with that first point. We're here to encourage you. If God's called you to help in the nurture uh, and development of a child, then you're enough, except for one key way that you're not. Um you were not meant to do it alone. You weren't meant to do it alone. And so, you know, kind of like the whole point of this podcast is to help one another as a church. And so Larry and Alyssa, I'm really glad you're here because you both have some unique experience, some unique study that I don't. And I think a lot of our congregants and a lot of our neighbors lack. So taking that idea, which we talked about a little bit ahead of time, parents, caregivers, you're enough, except you're not in the sense that God wants a church family for these kids. So Alyssa, what do you, what, what do you um, have to say about that? Um, what do you bring today to encourage our people in that they're enough, but also 
the church body around them is really vital yeah. for the raising of these kids. Yeah, I think um, even just as we look at scripture and we see how scripture talks about the church as a body, um, we've talked in the past um, and when we did a sermon on, I think you preached on how uh, the body of Christ is a body and even like the pinky toe is important. And sometimes like we um, sequester the children and we treat them as um, not as important. We provide childcare for them, but they're kind of like off to the side. Um, and I think part of this conversation is just acknowledging that they are incredibly important, even if they're just a pinky toe, um, that they're really vital part of the body, even, you know, as small parts of the body are just important for the functioning of the rest of the body. Um, and that also calls to action, not just parents, but as you were saying earlier, um, Sunday school teachers, um, spiritual aunts and uncles, like even if you don't have kids and you think this podcast is not for you, there are children in our midst that are in need of shepherding. And sometimes children in our midst, if they just have their parents to look to as a source of faith or mentorship or discipleship, they, um, it just isn't as like, uh, I've read a book called Sticky Faith before coming in and like refresh my memory on it. So I use the term stickiness a lot to talk about like what it means for a child to hold on to their faith um, and continue going to church after graduating and leaving mm -hmm. the church. Um, and a really big component of a child staying in their faith is having other adults to look to and not just their parents um, that are being intentional with them, that know them, um, mm -hmm. and that are just involved in their lives. You, you used to tell a story, Larry, about one of the churches you were a part of, and I don't know why this comes to mind, but when I think of pinky toe, mm -hmm. uh, like people, the seemingly least significant having an impact on the kid's life is like that guy that was at one of the churches you were a part of in the South mm -hmm. that didn't really have any major or official leadership function, but he just had, always had uh, lollipops. Oh. What do you call them in the South again? Oh, the dum-dums. Oh, <laughs> dum suckers. Suckers, that was yeah. right. That's a stupid way to call it. I feel like that's your wife's role in the church. She gives out suckers. I'm sorry. Did I just it was Southern people. Are, it was, uh, you did. We'll talk about that in a minute. I call the Southern. Right? I call yeah. the South stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I just we are both from the South. The deacons at the door. Oh, that's right. You were from the <laughs> we were guest speakers. <laughs> oh, that, and I also got wrong that he was actually a deacon. It was, uh, he was deacon all in the greeters at the door. Deacon, deacon in charge of lollipops. Uh, just the greeters at the door. When you would come in, the deacons had their pockets filled with suckers okay. or dum-dums or what, whatever you call them, right. I guess, you know, <laughs> yes. and they would just give them to the kids. And you know what? Some listeners and me say, oh, how gimmicky. How, like, I mean, come on. We really should pull it's the like, kids on it, actually. It's like that guy, it's like that guy who, like, in Easter, remember that one guy somewhere in the Midwest in Easter one year, like, to get people to church, like, he said, I'm going to give away a car. <laughs> like, like, and, like, people flooded his church for exactly 15 minutes. <laughs> we'll be there. It's like, it's always just like, is this our version of baiting children to get... The bottom line is, like, there are all kinds of associations that people of all ages make with church when mm -hmm. it comes to hospitality. And it's like, it's not about the lollipop. Right. It's about, like, I was actually thought of like I matter. And yeah, it was just a lollipop. But it's, it's so like, different than a coffee hour. Yeah, it's really not. But, like, it's like, it, it really is the point of, like, I am preparing in a certain way to really acknowledge uh, the presence of 
you know, let's call the most valuable members of the body, which yeah. are the least among us, mm -hmm. um, children. So, um, I anyway, think I thought that. Victor can also play that role at our church because he provides donuts for the kids that arrive early. That's right. And my boys both, I have two boys, uh, ages two and three, and they both love and look forward to the donuts, perhaps more than church itself. And they call Victor the donut man, and That's we've right. run into him at Target before. <laughs> And I was so like, there's Mr. Victor. And my kids are like, I think he's buying us donuts for church on Sunday. That's right. <laughs> but it also just goes to what you're saying. Like, it's um, it's not just having, like, a key number of adults that are pouring into a kid's life. Like, make sure there are two to three adults that ask a child a question about how their week was every week. Um, it's not, like, gimmicky. But just for a child to feel like they're involved in the life of the church for them to feel like they have a place there and they're not just being dragged there by their parents, but that they have relationships there, that they have donuts, that they have a space that's carved out for them, or um, that the whole family is there together, but also like the kids have a space hmm. there too, that they're being brought to church, not just um, because mom and dad want to go, but that they are a part of the body. Yeah, that, that, that just that soundbite in my head of one of the main things you can do if you want kids to grow into adults who love the church is to have other adults in your life that love Jesus in their life that love mm -hmm. Jesus. Um, and each of us have different stories with that in our lives. Um, you know, we don't, we're not just trying to get our kids in the door to church as adults, but if we believe in Christ and we love Christ and, um, our main calling is to form our children as people who love Christ and their neighbor, then that happens in the church. Mm -hmm. And so um, you're enough, except you're really not. <laughs> you know, like, who can be everything? Who can be the whole church for their child? Right. And you, you've got a lot of this, Larry. You've got, you've, you just kept getting fired from uh, youth ministry positions. Oh. I'm kidding. Until you uh, were the director of one and really transformed it. Um, uh, but when you were really young, um, you were working with a lot of at-risk uh, teens mm -hmm. in different settings, like pretty soon after you came to faith. Um, mm -hmm. And because I think because you shared some life experience with them, but I'm interested, you, you're uh, one of the people I know who still has people who you were ministering to over 10 years ago when they were teenagers or younger, and they still stay in touch with you. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have, I have a lot of people in my life like that, but they weren't kids at the time. Mm. Um, or teens at the time, not a whole lot of them were. Um, what's been your experience of, of the way that you've seen kids move into their teen years, into their 20s, and now some of these people are even in their 30s, and you're still connected to them and you're aware of that web? Um, you know, for, for good, bad, and neutral, what have you seen, what have you experienced along these lines? Hmm. Um, well, I think it's... It's what I was, you know, your Stephen on Sunday had the line, which I didn't know was a voice line. Uh, Jamie McEvoy voices, uh, what you win them through is what you win them to. Mm -hmm. And yeah. um, my experience was that that was the faith was like you're, you're, you're brought into a family, mm -hmm. you know, because I was a homeless teen, you know. And so uh, then I had a family take me in, which was crazy. And they, you know, I have four kids, a 14 year old, a 12 year old a 10 year old and a seven year old as of this coming Monday. And uh, they had a four year old son and they 
put me in the same bedroom, bunk beds. I was top bunk. He was bottom bunk. And they met me once before. It was crazy. Yeah, not, actually, something, not something I'm, not something I'm recommending. Yeah. You know, uh, they've never done it before, never done it. Uh, before then, and never done it since. But it really was this, I was just part of the family. And we ate dinner together, and I drove them crazy. And <laughs> I just was like, oh, this is, oh, this is the church. Mm-hmm. You know, like, this is what you do. And I don't know, that's just something I carried with me, and still very much do. Um, I think you, you keep saying you're enough, but you're not enough. You're enough as a father and a mother mm-hmm. yeah yes That's right yes. you you are you but are. there's there's just gaps in like um so many areas all the gaps i have are the gaps i'm gonna have in, in my parenting mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of them and mm-hmm. um i just desperately need other people in my kids lives and and there's just there's ways that i'm already praying for there are things that my kids won't feel comfortable to talk to me about and i know it because oh, even the best yeah. parents it's like I don't want to talk to my mom about everything and or my dad about everything and talk talk about one of those places that shame can really like take root is like why can't my child come to me about this issue mm-hmm. that that they, that that kid goes to their parent about mm-hmm. it's like what's wrong with me it's like maybe nothing maybe nothing and there might be like a whole volume of things that that particular kid can't mm-hmm. go to their parents about but they could come to you about mm-hmm. and your kid could go to them mm-hmm. and if we you know mm-hmm. if we're watchful. And if we're, if we're close. Yep. So some of it is like the vetting those adults as well. Like oh, it's course, not yeah. just pawning the kid off to another adult. It's welcoming those adults in your own life and modeling a family for your kids. Mm, that's awesome. You know? Um, and so, yeah, there are just, there are lots of kids that I talk to. Uh, they're not kids anymore. It's weird. It's a real like uh, awareness of my age actually. Cause mm. I just remember them in like, middle school and high school and now they're like they had their own children and um and we still talk about the things to some degree that they felt uncomfortable to talk to their parents about but it's just older now it's a more mature version of it you know because mm-hmm. now it's things that they feel maybe uncomfortable to, to engage with their spouse about and they'll but you guide them differently um i often just picture it as like you're just on a journey right there's just a road and i just happen to be at mile marker 38 39 and they're at 22, 23, whatever it is, you know. And so you're just a little further on the road. Um, one of the things that I strikes me a lot in when I'm doing marriage counseling and premarital conversations is, you know, I'm, I'm 40 now, and a lot of times I'm meeting with couples that are, you know, in their, in their 30s or sometimes in their 40s, but often in their 20s as well. And it's like, there are things I cannot really helpfully equip this couple with just because I'm, you know, for some of them, 10, 12, 15 years older than them, um, that like somebody closer to their own age who's been married like one year can give them wisdom that I can't, even though I have so much more experience, just because I'm that more, I'm that further along. Mm-hmm. So being further along is great. Mm-hmm. It also has its downsides. Mm-hmm. Like there is there is a reason why sometimes you walk in, you know, to a church and it's all elderly people. But we disdain them because uh, we, we don't see what they have to offer. The flip side is there really is a gap there, though. Mm. You know, so gaps are like you can seriously have zero gaps in terms of content knowledge, but have huge gaps in terms of approachability, and you're just completely blind to. It's not about like just like becoming a master of content. Mm. That's where I err. I'm like I'm gonna read every book, and of course I don't. Um, but like like I tell myself I am going to, and I order all the books, and I start browsing through them, and then I just burn out, and I just you know. Um, you know, pick up that Stephen King book again. But, <laughs> but like, uh, it's, 
it is fat. Like it, ju- it just keeps giving when you keep thinking about ways that I'm enough because God's called me to this. Mm-hmm. But the ways that people I disdain can be a blessing are like, it just keeps giving. You keep realizing more and more and more and more. And isn't it funny that one of the ways we feel most shame, you know, not just as parenting relationships, but, but with friends is like the things that we're not. Like, oh, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not that. It's like, yeah, that's that's why like family is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the horror of having two people who were everything, everything that anybody needed? And it destroys us that we're not everything. Mm-hmm. Um, not to not to put too fine a point on that, but just when you when you were talking about Larry, when you were talking about um, like you're further along, it's like that even that goes both ways. I feel like, and that's like you just see like that mm-hmm. constant need of other the younger, the older, across the board, you know, across class, across race, like um, across all kinds of life experience. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, one thing that I I am sensing that we need another episode on is how to wisely bring other adults into your life. Mm-hmm. Some of them are no-brainers. Like there's like a home meeting setting. You know, maybe there's mm-hmm. kids and like kind of everybody's together. There's like a kid's time. Maybe there's a Bible study for the adults and something happening with the kids. And you can like slowly increase as trust and awareness comes into your life. Like uh, the, the measure of trust that you have in other people watching your kids and relating to them and teaching them and um, seeing them as people your kids can confide into. Um, we are, that is not... A neat conversation. No. I mean, that is a, that's a, it's, it's got to be a wise mess mm-hmm. of kind. And like, and like, uh, I want to hear from people who are riskier. Mm-hmm. And I want to hear from people who are less risky. Mm-hmm. And people who have both been uh, blessed and burned mm-hmm. by, by kind of coming up against either guide rail. And I think in there is going to be the wisdom, the collective wisdom. Um, because praise God that that family let you in there mm-hmm. and I'm not going to do that. Oh yeah. Um, and, and a lot of wise people who are much more great hearted than you or me would say, don't do that. And that's mm-hmm. circ- circumstance. So, um, into that confusion, we need to bring some other voices mm-hmm. and I, I, I'm going to write that one down if it's okay with you all. Yeah, absolutely. Here's a show note <laughs> link for you. Every time I keep talking about shame, I keep hearing this song. Do you guys know the Avit brothers? Mm-hmm. They have this song called shame. And maybe it can even be the outro for this episode, Victor. I don't know if that's possible. You know, if they'll give us a cease and desist, you know, from Columbia Records or whatever, we can handle that when it comes our way. But Shut it, it goes, down. My, my, wife, my wife loves it so much she has me play it on the piano. It just goes, shame, boatloads of shame, day after day, more of the same. Blame, please lift it off, please make it stop. It's, it's like, it's like a thoracic cathartic for us when we feel shame yeah um but uh why why does it keep coming out of me it's there yeah Mm -hmm. um and so final words from john we'll have some from larry and Alyssa on you're enough except for you're not Mm -hmm. um it's okay it's okay to not be because you know Mm -hmm. because the avid brothers say it all (laughs) go ahead (laughs) they can be our final words (laughs) um yeah i one of my big prayers before like coming into this podcast recording and like praying about what I was going to say is just that we wouldn't like leap on more guilt that parents experience mm-hmm. that they're not doing enough. Like mom guilt is a really popular term right now on the internet. Um, and there are ways that we all feel like we're not doing enough already. And so we really do want to be an encouragement. And also like, we don't feel like we have all the answers and like we're doing 
everything perfectly. Um, but because we don't feel like we're doing it perfectly, I think it's important to bring each other in and like have these conversations even just between us um, and to provide an opportunity for other parents to like write in questions that they have that are specifically about parenting kids in the church. That's all I Take got. Away, Larry. <laughs> um, if we're experiencing this struggle, our kids will too. That's mm -hmm. what I keep thinking. And, and they'll observe us processing this. Yeah. And uh, our kids will grow up. And, and I don't think it's just that we're like, we're multiplying the shame and guilt into them. I think mm -hmm. it's right. part of the world we live in and fallen nature. And um, yeah. So there's a lot. There's a whole lot. To, I don't know how much longer we're going to go, but um it can be a long final comment, Larry. One of the things I keep thinking about uh, in the whole you're enough thing um, is letting your children know you mm. is really difficult, actually, because uh, it's it's so easy to get caught up in uh, just like the schedule. You know, when your kids get home from school, it's like, uh, you know, hours of homework spread across ages, dinner, bedtimes. Um, it's And if you're going to host anything... You know, there's cleaning up your house. My wife and I have this video we like to watch where there's a, there's a there's a line in it where it's like we can't let people know we sit here, um, <laughs> and you have to clean your house up so thoroughly. And uh, uh, yep. there's there's right. some that part of it where I just am like I'm done. Like I don't even care anymore. I've let people I've, see I've my absolute when you, mess. When you flip that switch, I've noticed that. I'm like I, don't know. I say that to encourage you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you want to come in and see my dirty kitchen? Go for it. Um, but I think your kids will struggle with it. And I, I, how many people do we talk to that they're like, I never really got to know my dad. Yeah. Mm. You know, like, yeesh, you know? Um, yeah, there's something... We're just, like, afraid of our kids getting to know us sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's a hard line to walk. But as my, as my son has gotten older, both my sons, so we do a lot of, like, as you get to this age, we let you partake in this part of our family life and you know mm -hmm. um and as i've gotten older particularly with my background there's just a, so much mess and so much like family drug use and dysfunction that i've very much shielded my kids from and at the older they get the more i'm like i think i just gotta let you in mm -hmm. and you gotta know that like this is your family's past too you know and, and so mm -hmm. i don't know you are enough and um if you're this kid's parent or the authority figure in their life, there's a reason why you're here. And that goes into like, even the whole like sleepovers and what adults you let in their life. And mm -hmm. I have like three things written, not parenting in fear, trusting God, but also trusting your gut. Like whenever um, my kids will ask to go to a sleepover, my answer default is no. Um, and then I'll, maybe I'll roll that back, but it's like, I, I'll start tough and then, and then back off. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, if you don't trust their parents, you know, their parents won't trust you. And I'm like, no. good, good. They shouldn't trust me. They don't know me, you know? There's um, a version. There's a, see, this is why we got to do another episode on this. There's a version of that that I'm I'm like, I'm going to give you a hallelujah. There's another version where I push back. Mm -hmm. I hear you. Um, so, we, we, that, so we got an episode on <laughs> how to wisely bring other adults. Into, maybe a whole episode on sleepovers. Sure. How do you yeah. sleepovers? I'm arguing with me about it too. Well, yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, the, I, I just throw this out there. I ask about... I ask about guns, screens, and substances to hmm. everybody. And, and it's almost like a culture setting thing. It's like, you can ask me, please do. Yeah. But we'll lean into it more. And I, I mean, I don't know about the it's wisdom. It's an important conversation. Yeah. We got to talk about letting your children know you 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I loved how you said that. That's an episode. That's just an episode. Yeah. This is like, I feel like that episode of Seinfeld where like George and Jerry, like the show about nothing. And they're just like, what do you do this morning? I got off and I went for a walk. There's that's a show. That's, that's a show. <laughs> so, so, of course, uh, the pitch for it when they get to the studio is like, it's about nothing. No, it's not about nothing. No, it's about nothing. <laughs> that's right. So let's stop while it's still just about one thing. And, 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 and keep the people on a cliffhanger. So um, God bless you and guard you and uh, the young people and growing people in your life, and we'll see you next time. Shame, boatloads of shame, day after day, more of the same.